Back up, please. Hello and welcome to Indicast episode number 229. I'm your host, Aditya, and along with me, I have Abhishek. From a very, very rainy Thani. <clears throat> it's been raining for two days and that's what the forecast is for the next two, which means there may not be any rain for the coming two days, but we'll see. It's, <laughs> the newspapers already have started uh, you know, printing things like King Circle is flooded. I just think they just dig into 15-year-old headlines and then recycle them. Pretty much the same thing. It's status quo in terms of infrastructure, at least of, for that area. For people who don't know, this is, this is a place in Mumbai. It hasn't, hasn't changed forever. Interestingly, here in Japan, and I'll be, by the way, I'll be leaving Japan next week for Toronto for good. And at some point, we should talk about the things that I'm going to miss. And I've started realizing those things now. But here in Japan, they formally announce, uh, and it's expected that in the, in the next two days, that rainy season is now over and officially summer starts. So they actually make an announcement on TV. And, and they get it right, do they? They mostly get it right, they say. So in Japan, they have like 72 micro seasons. Some of the seasons could be two week. The cherry blossom season is like two week of peak uh, cherry blossom, right? Right. And it changes where you are in the country. And then every city, they have a festival around that time. The shrines, the temples, they have something going on. It's fun if you get into the details as to how they celebrate each and every small little thing. I think from the couple of stories that you've shared so far on, for example, the one for listeners who may, would have missed this, to be tried to cover one odd quirky Japanese topic in every episode. The one that I loved the most was, what was that gadget that was used to measure the, the sweetness? sweetness the sweet, yeah, sweetness of uh, the fruit. What was that just in one sentence? When you're buying a fruit, you can check whether the fruit is going to be sweet or not before you actually buy it. So it's, it's like a portable device that you can just pick up an apple. And you know how these days they check your temperature before entering a restaurant? It's a similar device and it tells you whether it's sweet or not. And that's important because you would also gift these uh, fruits oh, to yeah. your loved ones. So you don't want, you know, you want to do your best. And it's in, in the Japanese culture. I think before you leave, definitely such trivia or uh, oddities is something we should cover. Yeah, so I myself gave a gift to um, someone very senior. And it was a melon, which was $200, two mangoes, which were like $50 each. And a few other other fruits, you know, totaling around five hundred dollars. But that is a thing, and it is, and you don't get these fruits in grocery stores. There are like special gift worthy stores for fruits, and the fruits are amazing, dude. If you are going to be paying three thousand five hundred rupees for a mango, they bloody well taste good, and that you remember them. (laughs) Yeah. You said you said fifty dollars, did you, for what two mangoes, or was it one? $50, $50, one mango. There yeah. you go. So I'm, I'm just counting as an Indian multiplied by 76 rupees. That's going to be around 4,000. It better be good. Yeah. I'm going to miss all these things. I'm going to miss all these things. A gifting is a big, big thing, a big part of the Japanese culture. It's a signal for the respect they have for you. Anyways, let's talk about other important and big news that is happening in India right now, which is the digital companies, major digital companies that are consumer digital companies, let me put it that way, that have announced their IPOs. These companies include, of course, Paytm. Full disclosure, I work for Paytm. Then the next company is Zomato and MobiQuick as well, which is which is a com- competing firm for Paytm. But they also have announced just two days ago that they are filing for, a, for an IPO. 
in the pandemic when people were losing their jobs in april alone india added six new unicorns compared to eight in the whole of 2020 credit suisse that investment bank it counts some 100 unicorns in india which are valued unicorn a company which is valued more than a billion dollars and yet not listed on the stock exchange as such uh, in the tech space or the digital space there have been many companies who've uh, you know just taken off in the last few months actually absolutely and, and zomato opened their ipo for subscription on july 14 and it is already oversubscribed by 38.25 times so around 39 38 times it has been oversubscribed what does oversubscribed mean basically they have more demand than shares to sell so they have 38 times more demand than the shares that they have available to sell if you are lucky you will get some of those yeah you get allotted certain shares i think one lot is 95 shares i believe or something like that we'll have to check on those that detail but you get a lot allotted to you this is at pre ipo price then you can sell them later on if you want there is no lock in it's a big day for the founders and for whoever works for that company right so it's a stressful time in that oh how is it how will the markets react etc so zomato which has a pretty decent twitter handle I mean, they have a sense of humor so <laughs> that morning they quoted a dialogue from hera pheri movie saying mere ko to aisa dhag dhag ho rela hai aaj zomato has been their social media uh, yes. has been a hit and a miss right when they have when they have, oh, yes. they have made a few mistakes and everyone you know if you are on social media you are and active on social media you are bound to make a mistake as a company at some yes. point which they have which is okay some companies like uh, these even paytm uh, again we know that you work for paytm but there there were a couple that went between zomato and paytm wishing each other good luck for the ipo and those were uh, the fun tweets now the reason the important bit is when you first went back to 2009 10 when these company at least zomato when it had first begun you didn't think that these will take off the way they did i mean i think these companies change habits don't they first you oh, would cycle, i would i would cycle uh, to the naturals ice cream outlet which was 5 minutes away then i got a bike many years later i would go on a bike but now you can order them on a mobile phone and it's on two taps reorder repeat or even if you want to tip the guy who comes home bahut bar kya hota hai there are two kinds of people one who don't like tipping at all and the others yeah. who want to tip but they don't want to fetch 20 rupees from their wallet to laziness mein wo nikal jata hai banda so now you've got a default option which you just have to tap 30 50 tereko they've made you so lazy they've made us so lazy but so convenient and uh, i think even if they don't offer deep discounts anymore damn i am paying some 20% more on swiggy not on zomato than what i used to before because i'm lazy but it's not lazy so 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 that that's the whole thing right your time value of money has changed hmm yeah you would rather be part of an important call then spend the same time and you know that call is that your time is more valuable on that call than that you spend on walking to or very simply not have so much ice cream all the time you know don't, don't <laughs> yeah, but ice cream is good ice cream i mean you know <laughs> so continuously changing your time value on a saturday is very different and you're not willing to pay 200 rupees uh, or 20 rupees 20% more than on a tuesday because on tuesday you have a different time value how do you actually do growth it's almost like trading stocks having insights it's a mix of consumer behavior data insights 
and ability to execute short term offers as such it's pretty fun if you are into that at paytm there are so many experiments that are happening on a daily basis ye kyun nahi hua wo kyun nahi hua acha ye karte hai wo karte hai because it's finally dealing with people right you talked about experimenting you remember zomato gold bowl ke ek plan tha in india it was being called as infinity dining an experiment where what you yeah. could do you could walk into a restaurant and order unlimited a la carte in those partner restaurants So <laughs> yes, and and you know what people just flocked there, and the restaurants complained that we are not getting paid from our customers, and there is more demand that we had anticipated, and that experiment went wrong. But it's all right; it went wrong. The idea is you keep experimenting because many restaurants then delisted themselves from Zomato. I think it was just last year before the pandemic, and then there was one one more. I don't know whether which which food delivery company did this, whether it was Uber Eats, Zomato, or Swiggy. You could walk into a restaurant and order. a starter for free and then main course will be paid for what we did as consumers we went to a restaurant ordered starters went to another restaurant ordered another batch of starters and then went to another <laughs> and we didn't pay so that didn't work companies like these have deep pockets from you know venture funding the idea is to expand market share for better or worse yeah and the same thing applies for so many consumer friendly easy to do financial transactions for consumers for example companies who are making it easy for you to trade right in equity so as such the retail investors there are lots of retail investors being added to the market which earlier it was very difficult try to use sharekhan.com to buy an equity one ek share just try to complete a transaction it's difficult is it they use such technical language that it's crazy that's where companies like zerodha right who is yeah zerodha is one yeah. youngest billionaire those guys make it easy it's like uploading an attachment to an email so you can buy and sell as easily now i just realized that i am 2000 ka generation i just used uploading an attachment over email nobody does that anymore <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's on whatsapp honestly yeah. i think i exchange emails only with you when we decide for topics and the editors for the economist where you have to send something otherwise it's all on whatsapp which is sad actually you know why because people expect you to respond right away yeah we should bring back we should bring back instant into instant messaging because currently they are all called messaging apps earlier they were called remember they were called instant messaging apps so I am. these people only use that when they needed an instant response right so yeah on yahoo messenger uh, you would talk to strangers because the technology itself was new everybody wanted to talk to each other and the favorite starting point was asl ESL, each sex location. Sex location, yeah. So you would ask the other party, and if it was not of the opposite sex, thank you, nice meet. No, you wouldn't say anything. You just close the window. It's just really crazy. Yahoo Messenger. Oh my God! Think about all the opportunities that Yahoo has lost, right? And that's uh, the thing with these guys, aren't? Meaning they quickly, in case of Zomato, at least when I was reading about uh, Dipinder Goel, the co-founder from IIT Delhi. Uh, you know you had to call up five places to call for food so if you if you're sitting in a hostel if everybody wants food from one is from dominos and some punjabi he said why call five places let's do it at the same place he started doing that it was too ahead of its time he quit it he went to bain the consulting firm in the canteen he figured that people would crowd to read the menu he created something called foodbay.com and it was a big hit internally where he would scan the menu put it up simple idea uh, put it up for all the employees to see and then they said okay let's do it with restaurants then he went you know full time with his co-founder and then it was back in 2009 and then they realized that simply scanning for uh, 
menus will give you a little bit of money from those restaurants but nothing more then they change yeah, the whole yeah. thing and you know it's from 2009 to 2021 some folks might work in companies in 9 to 5 and nothing wrong in that and then some others would you know run with it and then you get you know angel funding which happened in this case sanjeev bikchandani of nokri he wrote an email to dipinder goel invested 1 million now that 1 million is worth 1 billion dollars yeah absolutely and you know all, all these company all the companies that we are talking about including mobiquick they they all are start have very humble beginnings including paytm right nobody started with this grand plan now that we have 64 million bank accounts it is surreal is like you know where have we come what we started with and how sometimes we are so naive and look at what we have done right all startups all the, just like you were saying talking about zomato they just scanning menus so, such humble beginnings right or koi problem nahi solve karna yahi solve karna hai bas table ke aage piche you know log baithte hain so there is some kind of a need there and let's solve that one problem and and now the company is doing completely such ridiculous things right now that we have the corona virus covid covid post covid thing try to think about remove these companies and then what would corona life be without these companies companies like zomato they themselves changed their model to deliver vegetables at home during the first wave on the 15th day of the lockdown wow. so their menus looked different on the on the app it was not about uh, getting yourself a, a you know dosa and the delivery boys the physical uh, nature of these businesses also there uh, like the food delivery or the grocery delivery business where they are losing money all right but they are listed with such success on the stock exchange because of those delivery boys <laughs> of which some 3 to 4 million of those in india are delivering stuff to people's homes they've got their own harrowing stories to tell there are a lot online which talk about you know 15 hour working day they don't get a break there have been cases where they've also been beaten up because the food or the product that was ordered was not up to the mark so mm. i think it's a mix of digital as well as cheap labor in india which helps the scale that india brings is quite different as compared to others mm. and these companies make the right noises as well do you i, I don't know if you've read about uh, uh, zomato's uh, hr or it was dipinder goel the co-founder one fine day sent a letter to all the women in the company saying mm. that uh, you could take 10 days off throughout the year because you are biologically different than men uh, menstrual cycles kick in and how often have you had to tell your boss that i'm not feeling well today so let's embrace certain things like this so it it goes on to say why 10 days multiplied by number of cycles and you can take it you can't take it at, at one go etc etc these companies are also very aware of how they would want to be perceived to the wider world and it makes a good tweet as well but if it is enforced well nothing like it it's all for the better and we need more of that No, so absolutely talking about the these sort of hr initiatives and the work of course it, it's it's stressful it can get stressful at all these companies because they are massively growing right you mentioned that it was done in 15 days now think about how does that happen pivoting such a company in 15 days to serve india right you're not serving on little countries here so the working conditions yes they they are sometimes stressful but and at the end of the day we look at we look at this is the job that we have but let's compare it with some of the other things that are out there as well that that is something that uh, you sent me a whatsapp message about oh, right yes last night there was a shocking news of danish siddiqui the photographer for reuters who was killed he was part of the crew where he was you know taking pictures on an assignment uh, where uh, he was ambushed by uh, the taliban militants near a border post with pakistan he was with the afghan forces even the 
Prime Minister of Afghanistan has sent his condolences. He was a very important, uh, you know, journalist. And uh, it's a, it's a sad day. It's it's work. We talk about stress at work. You just did, and this is a whole different kind. And he's just forty one years old. He he was a popular bloke. In two thousand nine, he won the Pulitzer Prize in feature photography. That is a big thing where uh, he depicted the plight of Myanmar's uh, minority Rohingya community. And the pictures, if you go online and and watch some of his work, goosebumps. Uh, one of them that stands out is these Rohingya Muslims. They had to flee on boats where they would be killed, you know, en route to different countries. There is a lady who is shown touching the shore as if not believing that she's landed after a harrowing journey, not knowing whether she'll make it through that ocean. So there are pictures like these, and uh, you are not in businesses like these or professions like these unless you are desperately passionate. So. He, he talked about how while I enjoy covering news stories from business to politics to sports, what I enjoy most is capturing the human face of a breaking story, which means you have to be there when it happens. So he was there in Hong Kong when those protests happened uh, last year. They were going against the establishment. There is a picture from a high angle of different uh, funeral pyres burning at a crematorium ground with a line of dead bodies awaiting their turn. You know, you don't have to read an article to know what's happening there. It's a sad day, and 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 this is a tough profession for by by any stretch of imagination. Yeah. So Danish Siddiqui, as you said, he got killed while doing his job. You know, this came up while we were talking about the stress that is part of our job. It's not really stress when you read stories like this, right? At least nobody's shooting bullets at me. You you bet. And in fact, there is a guy who lives in the building next to mine. I met him. I have grown up with him. He's seven years older than I am. I asked him, and I met him suddenly after five years. I asked him, "Hey, how have you been? What have you been up to?" His his response was, "I just emerged three months ago." I was confused. He said, "Ah, what I mean was, I was in a submersible for three months." Or basically, his job is to be in a small bunker-like environment, many many kilometers under the sea, to make sure that the oil pipelines that are connected between countries, if they go bad, uh, he has to maintain them. So the spare parts, etc., come to him once. in a few days the food is funneled through a pipe down there he is sitting with his crew he just he has to make sure that people don't lose their minds the birthdays are celebrated there they have no idea what's happening with their families there is no internet as such news is fed to them as if it were they they are basically in the 1920s it's a high pressure job uh, they paid well all right in such professions right i i think they get paid well not to do their job but they get paid well for all the other things that they cannot do you know while they are with their families and on the land so i don't even know whether uh, journalists and photojournalists are paid that much but that's a different story they are in it not for the money and the stress doesn't go down you know robert kappa was among the most uh, famous hungarian american photojournalists and he's a very famous was a very famous war photographer and his line was if your pictures aren't good enough you are not close enough uh, <laughs> reaction and he was the only civilian photographer landing on omaha beach on the d day he covered uh, the world war 2 in london uh, italy the liberation of paris and uh, he died while walking on a stretch of land where he accidentally stepped on a landmine and in a moment at the age of 40 he was no longer there meaning he was there one moment and not there the next it's a profession that um, i don't know how some people sign up for and they they keep doing it because i think that gives a different kind of a kick ek baar i was listening to a bbc journalist interview a guy who was kidnapped in syria he was a journalist who was kidnapped in syria for 8 months 
uh, and then he was rescued or he you know flew uh, or flee fled fled <laughs> he fled and uh, the bbc interviewer asked are what's up here what are you going to do next are you going to be taking a break he said no i'm going to afghanistan there is something happening there i need to go there and i as an audience when i was listening all yaar tu kuch sikha nahi kya tu nine months you were under so yeah it's different next time you feel your job sucks or you're not you're not valued enough or whatever think about <laughs> think about all these other things and i'm not again saying that just do the job right i'm not saying that you do have rights you should be valued you should get paid for the value that you bring to the company and and there are times when you have to fight for it stress will always be there it is not to say that hey look that man has more stress in his job so let me take solace that i don't have that much not not that kind of reasoning obviously but yes just spare a thought sometimes for people who work in professions like like these yeah. and if we, if we have a minute just humor me here i i just was reading about these war photographers i i bumped into one uh, interview given by an american photojournalist uh, lindsay adario she was asked what drives you to keep doing a job where your life is at risk her response was so humble she says half the time my photos may not be as great as the ones that you know other war photographers click because i'm trying to save myself from getting into situations where i can be killed so it's not like i'm trying to be a hero or something and at the same time she says that uh, look i'm not always in a war zone there are areas of calm uh, there are some intense times like i'm working on the front line in combat but there are also quiet moments uh, so don't worry about it and and she was asked uh, most of the people in this profession are men uh, is it any different she says sometimes physical part of it is difficult but at the end of the day you can't outrun a bullet no matter what you are or who you are so that's their occupational hazard yeah absolutely so you know once again the afghan president as you mentioned he tweeted out as well giving condolences to danish siddiqui's family he passed away as we were talking about in afghanistan so rest in peace photojournalist danish siddiqui well those were the topics that we had for indicast if you liked indicast please hit the follow button in your favorite podcast app that you have the top ones that we would recommend is either get it on iTunes if you are uh, sorry on the podcast app on your iPhone or Google podcast and Spotify as well so please hit follow so that next time we release you get the episode delivered to you hot and ready for you to consume and please follow us on Twitter as well if you have any comments please send them to us just mark it to at indicast and we will get a note our website is also theindicast.com where you will get the latest episodes served and quick link buttons to all the places to our show feed on iTunes oh, i keep saying iTunes <laughs> uh, because that's where it's all began didn't it? it that is where it all began right it's the podcast app not iTunes the podcast app on iOS Spotify and Google podcast that's about it for now bye bye Oh, man. Oh, man.